Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Seed to Harvest. I'm really excited to be joined by Lavanya Jones, director at the Georgia Social Impact Collaborative and an entrepreneurship instructor at Morehouse College. Lavanya is passionate about entrepreneurship as a solution to economic injustice and inequality. And as a third-generation HBCU graduate, she's currently an entrepreneurship instructor at Morehouse and founder of social justice media company Consciously Funded. She creates pathways for students at minority-serving institutions into entrepreneurship, technology, and venture capital. Lavanya, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Of course. And to get our listeners started off, I know no day is the same, and you just announced that you joined the Georgia Social Impact Collaborative. But to give our listeners some perspective, what does an average day look like for you? So an average day, I have these encouragement playlists on YouTube and Spotify. So as soon as I wake up, I always start my day with one of those playlists to get my head in the game. So no matter what comes that day, I'm ready for it. (laughs) Um, And then typically I start reviewing my calendar, honestly, because I have so much on my plate. I never know like what's going on (laughs) until that day. So I usually review my calendar. I, I review it the night before in the morning just to make sure I haven't missed anything. And then I, I kind of get started. Typically, right now is getting caught up on what's been going on. We call it GSIC for short with the Georgia Social Impact Collaborative and just reading through everything and getting caught up so I can move the organizational forward. Uh, then I also have some consulting clients. So my days are typically split between my role with GSIC now, my consulting client, and then also my class. So we're in finals, so I'm grading. Uh, so that's usually how my day goes. And then I end my day typically very late. <laughs> Do the emails at like 11 p.m.? I was definitely doing that last night. <laughs> yeah, emails. Oh, man, that's I catch it when I can. <laughs> I like always wanted to be a writer and now I do a lot of writing, but email is definitely the medium in which I do. Yeah, I mainly like I usually check my email, you know, if there's anything like urgent I need to answer right then. But I typically hold off on email to Friday, honestly, because that's the only day that I can like really focus on my email because my days are jam packed. So, you know, I usually wind down. Sometimes I'll wind down with a TV show. Other times. It's just really just kind of scrolling social media. It just depends on how tired I am. <laughs> so sometimes it's a, a TV show. And then, too, depending on what's going on in the world, sometimes in the news, like I've been trying to stay up on what's going on in Ukraine with the war. So it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling at the end of the day, what I end my day with. But it's either a TV show that's going to lift my spirits and make me laugh. Or I'll get updated on the news or I'm scrolling social media and checking all my messages and responding to people on social media. And then I go to sleep. And so that's my typical day. I work all the time. All the time. But I don't work on the weekend. <laughs> that's good. That's <laughs> we good. We do not do work on weekends. So <sighs> we work real, real hard during the week. And on the weekends, we sleep. <laughs> Love that. Love that. So to. To go back to the class that you teach at Morehouse, I would love to hear what the specific areas of technology you might focus on in your educational curriculum and why. And like if you can provide us with a bit more of context for what the curriculum for the class looks like in general, I'd love to hear more. Sure. So previously, 
Entrepreneurship is a little new for Morehouse College. In the past, we had um, a senior capstone course where they really went through the business model canvas and the director of the Entrepreneurship Center taught that course. So we are now launching a minor. So this was the first year we taught my class, which is the Entrepreneurial Mindset class, which really just deals with the mindset you need to overcome all the challenges you will encounter as an entrepreneur. And we went through what's called an Opportunity Discovery Canvas, which really focused on the students understanding what value they were providing and who they, who they were providing that value for. Like, what problem are you solving? And that's what it really focused on. And I added an element of them aligning their solution with a sustainable development goal, one of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So, you know, I gave them extra credit if they incorporated some type of technology that would automate the business, Mm -hmm. you know, because we talk about in my class, we have a session where we talk about wealth. And so it's like you want to get your business to the point where you're making money in your sleep, right? That's that's what all these (laughs) unicorns and, you know, Amazon, Facebook, they're making money while they're sleeping. And that's where you want to get your business to. So, but one of the things that's also new for Morehouse this year is introducing our students to the metaverse. And so some of our classes, we've done mainly the humanities classes. So our sciences, English, history classes were done in the metaverse using the Oculus headsets. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so they, like, got to go through an artery, you know, go back in the day. I think one class actually went through a slave ship. Wow. One class, they were, like, on the battlefield in the you know, American Revolution. Another class, they got to sit down with a Black author from like the early 1900s and go through one of her books. So what I'm in the process of doing now is developing an entrepreneurial course in the metaverse for the fall. That's So we're kind of thinking about, you know, how we will do it. It'll still be focused on entrepreneurial mindset, but we've even talked about incorporating, I won't name the organization because we just had this conversation, but incorporating a larger organization's curriculum and just putting it in the metaverse. So we're kind of in making it like some type of certificate. So we're looking at different ways of how we can give students that real hands-on experience because with entrepreneurship and venture capital, you have to do it to learn. it. It's not something you can learn from a test Mm-mm. or even really a book. You know, you can read all day, but you really have to be hands-on and actually do it to really get in and really grasp how to do entrepreneurship, how to do venture capital, what it's like. So using this metaverse Oculus technology to be able to introduce students to that hands-on real-life experience. I love that. And in terms of your experience, who would you say are the people, either investors, founders, other educators, who have had the most profound impact on your journey? Wow. So for... Investors, I will start with Brandon Brooks of Overlooked Ventures. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Incredible. <laughs> um, shout, out, and, shout out Brandon and Janine. Yeah, just even his journey has just helped keep me encouraged because this journey is hard. It's not easy being, especially being a entrepreneur slash now director slash professor <laughs> wearing many hats. So Brandon really helps to keep me encouraged. Also... Of course, Arlen Hamilton's journey and how she didn't take the traditional path. She was an outsider. And now she's become like this model 
for how to do VC in a way that it serves all people and not just a small group of people. And then my ultimate like Shiro is Melissa Bradley from 1863 Ventures. Like she was a black woman in VC before it was cool to be a black woman in VC. She's a professor. She's a serial entrepreneur. So much of what she's doing is what I have wanted to do and do. I got the pleasure of meeting her this year because she's helping us with putting together our Center for Black Entrepreneurship at Morehouse and Spelman College. And she's just amazing. And just all she's overcome and the fact that she just keeps adding, she keeps a positive attitude. So they really inspire me. From an entrepreneur standpoint, I would say is Dr. Randall Pinkett. He's a tech entrepreneur in the Boston area. And I love that he has a Black entrepreneur that has grown his business to be a multi-million dollar business. Like it's definitely over a hundred million dollar business. I don't know the exact amount because he, he's private, but he's never taken any investor capital. Oh, wow. Never, never taken That's any investor cool. capital. He built the business with four of his college buddies. <laughs> and he's just amazing in his thoughtfulness, in his approach to entrepreneurship. His, he's just a wealth of knowledge. And so his journey encourages me because again, he had this large tech business before it was cool to be a black tech founder. Yeah. And the fact that he was able to do it right after college with his college buddy, he's an engineer by trade. Uh, and just how he's been able to grow without having to take any investor capitalism. Yeah, that's incredible. So you are also a business coach and you've established and led initiatives for competency development, coaching, action learning, mentoring, 360 feedback, over 800 hours. So what are the most common topics that come up in your conversations? The most common topics, of course, fundraising. How do oh, I yeah. get money? <laughs> how do I get money to start this business? Or, you know, while I'm making money, how do I make more money? And working through strategies on how to do that. Definitely customer discovery because every entrepreneur wants to skip their part. And so I always start with like, well, first of all, before we talk about anything, who's your target audience? Who, who are we? building value for here very rarely do they have that figured out so I usually spend a lot of time helping people figure out who their target audience is and being clear on the value that they provide because everybody wants to skip that step that's so interesting <laughs> that's like part of our investment thesis is we invest in founders that are like obsessed with that aspect of the business like the customer yeah. discovery most part of people is... I run into they want to skip that it's like, <laughs> yeah no, it's definitely not the it. the easiest part right. but I think that it's so valuable to it know, speak directly it makes it break your business audience. yeah but the other thing is helping people like if they have one product kind of figuring out how they can create multiple cash flow vehicles with their one business mm. instead of having like eight or nine different businesses that's bringing in money how can we create multiple avenues of revenue through this one business and so helping people kind of think through that and other things that they can offer uh, is what really comes up a lot so and then of course now how people can get investments you know yeah. looking at people's pitch decks what do i need in my pitch deck so I'm curious, like in those specific areas, what are some of the frameworks that you often walk through with aspiring or very early stage entrepreneurs? I always go back to that business model canvas because it's so easy to one page. Here's some questions. Let's think through these things. Let's dig deep 
and helping them uh, get that business model canvas tight uh, with customer discovery. I actually have kind of a template of a list of questions you could ask customers mm-hmm. and just, you know, have people adjust them. I usually recommend like three to five from that whole list that people can adjust to fit their target market. But I also, HubSpot has a customer discovery question generator. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I always right, recommend... I'll link that in the show notes. Yeah, I always recommend that a customer discovery question generator because you just put in your business and industry and it at least gives you a starting point. Yeah. So those are awesome. some of the frameworks. And then in my coaching model, I use what's called the growth coaching model. And so it looks at what are your goals? What's the reality of what's happening right now? What are the opportunities to kind of get to where you want to be? What are you willing to do? And so narrowing down exactly what the entrepreneur is going to do to achieve where they say they want to go, getting a timeline. I need a date (laughs) on when you're going to do that by so I can hold you accountable. But then also helping them to think through How are you going to make this a habit? How are you going to sustain this and not just do it one time in your business, but sustain it throughout your business? What does that success look like? And how do you know you've accomplished this reality you want to achieve? So my coaching process kind of goes through those questions and helping uh, people reframe. I always tell people, if you have a coach, specifically a business coach, that is giving you advice, they are not coaching you. That is mentoring. A good coach knows how to ask the right questions to pull that goal out of you and pull those that information out of you. And, you know, you may have to think through if it's something you don't know. Okay, well, then I'm going to ask, well, where can you go to find that information instead of me giving you that answer? Because when people can come up with their own answers, they're much more likely to do it than right. me telling you, you need to do this. Because most that. of us don't like people telling us what to do. I know I'm one of those people. Yeah, I'm actually meeting, I'm meeting my coach right after this. And I think that's the one thing that I really appreciate so much is it is just a very safe space to explore the questions that she very thoughtfully asked about different aspects of my personal growth or my business growth. And you don't often get that time as an entrepreneur. So I feel like having a coach can be really beneficial in that it's that protected time where you get to reflect on both like strategic and like shorter term tactical frameworks to approach things. So oh definitely it's probably like one of the best investments I've made in like personal growth. Yeah. So what would you or so as a venture capital fellow lead at HBCU VC, you offered a venture capital fellowship and clinic to students at historically black colleges and universities, also called HBCUs and mm-hmm. Hispanic serving institutes, HSIs. Are yes. so your comprehensive approach offers skill training, mentorship, and access to professional networks. So I'd love to hear about some of the impact this program has had and where some of your students might be today. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of our students from HBCUs and MSIs, they're coming from what we call innovation deserts. So many of them have never even heard of venture capital. They're not attending schools that have a venture capital class. Thankfully, Morehouse does have one now. We're one of the few HBCUs that do. Just want to give that shout out. <laughs> but they've never heard the term. They have no idea what it is. And it's, it's, the whole environment is just new to them. So one, the impact is just them understanding how wealth is built and how the startup funding cycle really works. It's not, you know, I'm going to put my business on Instagram and I'm going to go viral and be a millionaire tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how that works, but that's how a lot of them think it works. (laughs) Yeah. So just getting them understanding of how that startup funding cycle works 
The other part is, which I think is the most important part, is the network. Because a lot of black and brown founders and investors lack access to networks, right? Mm -hmm. They're not in the circles. So HBCUVC has one of the top community of black and brown founders and investors in one place. You will not find a better community than HBCUVC in their Slack. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I've heard like incredible things about the the Slack there. Yeah, so the the people that the students get to interact with on a regular basis, and I'll give you an example, just even because of HBCUVC's relationship at Morehouse and Spelman, we took our fellows to the Startup Grind Conference in California. Mm -hmm. Arlen Hamilton happened to be a speaker. She is a supporter of HBCUVC. So I literally just sent her a Twitter message like, hey, our students are coming to California. I see you're speaking. Would you be willing to meet with them? And they were able to meet her and take a picture. Aww. That wouldn't have been possible without that community with HBCVC. That's and incredible. then just it, getting them in the field. So we have so many students now that have graduated from HBCUs at HSIs and right out of undergrad are going to work for venture capital funds. That's almost unheard of, even at a PWI, predominantly white institution. Yeah. So it's just that journey of getting students in a place where they understand how wealth is built, putting them in a position where they can build that wealth. And really how I got into it, it was because we realized based on a report the founder Hadia had done that 40% of venture capitalists in the ecosystem that graduated from an HBCU, 40% come out of Morehouse. Wow. And so it's like, if we're already producing that talent, we need to be preparing our students right. <laughs> to go well, into that, that field. Like community tighter and having like yeah, a tighter and that pipeline, pipeline around it. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. now, you know, we have a lot of those alum that our VCs are coming back and speaking to our class and doing office hours with entrepreneurs and really giving back because we created kind of that community. And that wouldn't have been possible without HBCUVC. Oh, that makes me so happy. As I'm like trying to do in a small way, I went to like a San Diego state. So we definitely weren't like high list of alum going into venture. Right. So working on building a community through like a class and a competition there. So it's, yeah. it's been really cool to see like hopefully in 10 years, it'll be like a higher percentage. But as we're, as we're wrapping up, one, what's one thing you think any aspiring investor can do to set themselves up for a career success, even if they're still in school? Network, you're behind. <laughs> So as a venture capitalist, one, you need a network of entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. that, that deal flow consistently coming in. And then secondly, you need to know other VCs that you can share deal flow with. So for someone that's starting and just even learning the trade, putting yourself in an environment where you can network with entrepreneurs, find entrepreneurs, depending on where you live, that can be difficult, but it's much easier in this virtual world, right, with computers, I tell all my students, even students that, you know, are not really into social media, like, you need to be on Twitter. That's where the magic happens. <laughs> Get on Twitter, follow these VCs, follow these top entrepreneurs. They show up in all these lists and articles. Follow them on social media. Engage. So building that network of entrepreneurs, but then also connecting with other VCs. Oftentimes, I tell students to go to your alumni network first. I love that LinkedIn has a feature where you can go to your school's page mm -hmm. and you can narrow down alumni by where they work at, where they live, what type of things they do. And so I show my students how to do that and like just reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm a student at Morehouse College thinking about going into venture capital. 
would love to talk to you about your experience and your journey and transition from Morehouse to, you know, your job as a VC and just networking so much. And I, I can even attest being at Morehouse, I have seen students that even weren't great academically. Yeah. But they networked their behind off <laughs> and they got really good jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they made sure they, I mean, of course they performed well. It had, you know, some people are not the best students, but they can do the work. Right. And so I've seen them, you know, get really good jobs. So I think the most important thing is really having that network. Because even in learning BC and learning business, you learn best from people who are doing it. Right. And everyone has like very different perspectives on like how to do VC, depending on what region you're in, stage you're in. Mm -hmm. And so I think having a diversity of perspectives there can be super, super valuable. Yeah. And well, I've so enjoyed this, Lavanya. And to wrap us up, do you, where can people find you on the internet? I'm all over the internet. I'm on all the things. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook at Coach Lavanya Jones, one word. Twitter at Coach Lavanya. My Instagram at Coach Lavanya Jones. My website is consciouslyfunded.com. What else am I? I'm on LinkedIn at Coach Lavanya Jones. There we go. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in today to Seed to Harvest. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever your favorite podcast listening platform is. I'll be releasing new episodes weekly. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to let me know on Twitter. That's Paige Finn, Paige and then Finn with three N's. Thanks and see you again next week.